Kunal, I could not wait to record this week's episode. We've had such an exciting week. <laughs> and I think my personal highlight was that Jensen Button said that Formula One should be as interesting as Pokemon Go. And that's the only way it can attract younger audiences. His retirement plans are to probably market Formula One. <laughs> I think he'll whack you if you say retirement. <laughs> but you know, Formula One should actually get Pokemon Go to install, you know, the Pokemon monsters, as they call it, at all the various racing circuits. And maybe that's the best way to actually get youngsters to the races. And uh, well, maybe the giant lizard that we saw during free practice was their live testing of this. I mean, the lizard was somewhat of a monster, a meter <laughs> long monster. But no wonder they decided to test this on Max Verstappen, the sport's only teenaged driver. <laughs> and we know that Max Verstappen loves his video games. So does it get any, any? more perfect? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but Kunal, the only issue with having Pokemon Go monsters on track is that fans would then be, you know, running onto track with their phones in their hands to catch the monsters, you know, walking around like we saw the Marshall in Singapore do. <laughs> <laughs> Though now thinking aloud, I'm wondering if that Marshall was actually a brilliant Johnny Walker ploy, you know, <laughs> keep walking. <laughs> The new owners of Formula One said that they're going to spend the next few months listening to everyone. I think they better be listening to us because this is a brilliant idea, of course, inspired by <laughs> Jensen Button. And they should also be listening to us because there's a few of us adding humor to Formula One every single week. <laughs> but, but I must add that when the humor is on Lewis Hamilton, not Everyone sees it as you are. But okay, let's I move. I think everyone is an understatement. Let's, let's move on. Uh, speaking of Max Verstappen, the sport's only teenage driver, Nikki Lauda actually had a killer reply to their ongoing psychiatrist banter. So Lauda said that both of us will go to the psychiatrist, but the psychiatrist will decide which one of us will stay. <laughs> I love Nikki Lauda. You know, he is never not funny. He's just always so hilarious. But on that note, the one person I'm sure not laughing with Nikki Lauda is Lewis Hamilton. Did you see the um, bromance between Rosberg and Lauda, you know, taking it up several notches higher? <laughs> they partied together in Singapore. I'm wondering how much vodka they had. but <laughs> And Wolf joined them too. So it was a complete trial. On the other hand, Maurizio Oriva Ben of Ferrari celebrated Ferrari's missed podium in the lockup, or so claimed the reports. Uh, you know, Ferrari butted Raikkonen off the podium, and apparently Oriva Ben's cigarette butted him into the lockup. So, unclaimed reports, of course, but well. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's a popular phrase that Singapore is a fine city. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Oriva Ben was fined if not locked up. I'm just thinking, Kunal, maybe Kimi Raikkonen actually took his revenge on the team by tipping off the cops, you know, about <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> and uh, there's a new power battle brewing in Formula 1. It isn't between Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault and Honda. Honda it doesn't is... have any power, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it is actually between Ecclestone and the new man chasing power in Formula 1. 
Chase Carey. <laughs> and going by his name purely. You know, he should be doing pretty well in Formula 1. There's Chase and Car in his name. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other person with Car in her name, Carmen Jorda, her success in Formula 1 is dubious. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to eat my words. <laughs> I actually just remembered the song Chasing Cars, but... Uh... <laughs> Let's hope Chase goes chasing cars, unlike Ecclestone, who went about chasing money. And uh, there's a lot of expectations, actually, from a lot of quarters. The fans, actually the most. And let's hope they do not go the McLaren-Honda way. (laughs) Well, McLaren-Honda have said that they'll be matching Mercedes in 2017. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Alonso even said he'll be eyeing the title in 2017. Wow. But, you know, honestly, comparing themselves to Mercedes is a moving goalpost because who knows if Mercedes will be the quickest car in 2017. (laughs) Anyway, Alonso also said that if Formula One isn't interesting in 2017, he'll go away. He's been saying that for a while. (laughs) And uh, Mr. Chase Carey, I hope you're really listening because uh, your biggest short-term task would be to retain Formula One's most complete driver and give him a competitive car. Let him go chase a few victories. <laughs> okay, Kunal, that is it. No more chase jokes. <laughs> so, you know, honestly, I'm wondering if he's going to start a trend in the paddock with his mustache. <laughs> okay, let's stop. Stop. Mr. Chase Carey, thank you for all those jokes. Time to move on. This time it's Max Verstappen. He had the perfect race for a teenager. A Godzilla on track in free practice and then... The Hulk in the race. (laughs) Actually, Kunal, some pretty awesome characters to attract the younger audiences. Maybe not Godzilla, but oh well. (laughs) By the way, did you know that NASCAR has named a race after the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I mean, how cool is that? Mr. Chase Carey, I hope you're listening to that. (laughs) Actually, you know, on that note, the Singapore Grand Prix should be called the Dark Knight. Without the K. (laughs) (laughs) Kunal, I think that's the funniest joke you've cracked in a while. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And um, there was Forrest Gump on track two in Singapore. Run, Forrest, run. (laughs) You know, if that Marshall had had his radio set on, which he didn't, that's probably the message race control would have sent him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But seriously, talking of that episode, A gross mismanagement. And I really hope the FIA will actually get penalized for this. (laughs) Technically speaking, that Marshall should have been fined 50 Singapore dollars for jaywalking. You know, I remember that I was fined when I studied in Singapore many years ago for jaywalking. (laughs) I think you're the ambassador of jaywalking amongst a lot of people I know. And anyway, since we are at the topic of Singapore, let's finally talk about the Singapore Grand Prix. Uh, By now, we all know it was Rosberg's 22nd win, his 200th Formula 1 race. He's now 8 points ahead and never before has the Hamilton versus Rosberg battle seen such wild swings on the championship points table. And we're already in the middle of a thrilling season and let's admit it that Rosberg's race-by-race approach seems to be working for him. I still can't get over Rosberg's pole position lap. He was seven tenths quicker than Hamilton and that's pretty much his highest margin ever. And it's just amazing that he could pull together such a great lap under all that pressure. Kunal, if you remember, we'd said in the last podcast that the Singapore race result will have a larger bearing 
on the drivers championship and i guess it already has yes uh, but mithila i am not taking sides yet rosberg of course won his third consecutive first ever race but i keep reminding myself this that he is up against the supremely talented lewis hamilton and you can never rule hamilton out and uh, let's also look at the numbers this way that there is still nearly a third of the season to go there are six races and anything could happen i am already so excited for the next six races kunal <laughs> but i absolutely hope that it's going to go down to the wire that fingers is, crossed fingers crossed absolutely but here's another interesting statistic so never before has a driver won eight races in a season and not gone on to win the championship oops i hope nico rosberg is listening and i hope that somewhere motivates him even further you know talking of going down to the wire rosberg's victory in singapore did go down to the wire thanks to mercedes actually this smart tire strategy got hamilton back onto the podium but that almost cost rosberg his win so i wonder how the story would have panned out in two cases first is if the singapore grand prix had been a lap or two longer and second if what happened to rosberg at the end of the race had actually happened to lewis hamilton well so much for mercedes favoring rosberg i guess <laughs> <laughs> i hope the hamilton troll army is listening i don't think we've done anything to piss them off and tune them out here well trust me <laughs> if you go through my twitter feed over the singapore grand prix i used to wake up to hundreds of tweets from the troll army well okay i'm kidding but there were at least 50 tweets out there i probably read them twice since hundred <laughs> <laughs> well anyway here are a few more statistics from singapore So Mercedes is the first team ever to score a double podium. Interesting. Wow. And no team has ever scored a one to here. That's amazing. Yes. And uh, my my favorite statistic is of course the 100% safety car record and uh, this weekend's race actually was burned Maylander a safety car driver's 300 Grand Prix. Wow. I'm going to clap yes. for that. <laughs> we we got to applaud him driving that Mercedes as well. Since we're at the topic, let's admit Nico Rosberg did get lucky in Singapore, and no, this isn't because Hamilton was unable to match him. It was because of him missing his pit window for his last enforced pit stop. You know, had there been a late race safety car period, which is possible in Singapore any time, he would have had drivers on fresher tires actually chasing and hunting him down. Unfortunately, Kimi Räikkönen wasn't as lucky. and that's despite him overtaking hamilton on track i'm glad he's working on his overtaking though kunal <laughs> <laughs> a rare moment that uh, formula 1 allowed him actually <laughs> hamilton allowed him but i wonder what ferrari was thinking i don't think they were thinking at all <laughs> i don't understand why they would pit him and why they would compromise track position at a street race and that too you know when you're up against a mercedes and you have to rely on them making a mistake to get past and i guess they didn't know too and let's admit it that they panicked and post race they were all over the press trying to justify it uh, ferrari said that raikkonen drove like a world champion hey but guess what you guys did not act like a world champion team although i must admit that vettel's 22nd position start which ended up in p5 at the checkered flag was some consolation But whatever I mean you miss getting Kimi Raikkonen on the podium and that in itself is a sin. And by the way we just love hearing him in the interviews even more so when they're on the podium. 
we love Kimi Raikkonen, don't we, Kunal? <laughs> but I loved hearing him on the radio too. I think he's back in his element, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> it was hilarious. Are we pitting or not? And then the other one, Kunal. How much faster do you want me to be? I'm in the pit lane. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. A Kimi Raikkonen classic. <laughs> I cannot believe that Ferrari actually did not know that he was in the pit lane. No wonder they screwed up his tire strategy. <laughs> <laughs> but Ferrari, thank you very much for the jokes. I think we can say they've been the butt of our jokes this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but Daniel Ricciardo, thank you for the podium. That was a brilliant race. Good he, job. He actually deserves an applaud. And by the way, he was my choice of the driver of the day. Absolutely. I'll agree with you on that. Hands down. But Daniel's silently and smilingly been taking podiums while Max has taken all the attention. And I think we're guilty of that too. (laughs) So this is Daniel's fourth podium in five races. Wow. And he's had more second place finishes than any driver on the grid. Or you know what? He's had as many second place finishes... As Rosberg and Hamilton put together. Another round of applause, actually. That is pretty (laughs) awesome. Imagine this. In an era when Mercedes is dominating, to have more second place finishes than any driver, including the Mercedes drivers, by itself is a hallmark. So, probably also my driver of the season choice, okay? Uh, In Singapore, I loved his chase in the end. 25 watt seconds, 14 laps. And there's nothing like an epic chase to welcome Chase Carey to the first ever Formula 1 paddock visit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we agreed on no more chase jokes. (laughs) Max Verstappen, bad start and then finished sixth behind Sebastian Vettel. I wouldn't really term that as a good race for Max. But you know, Max Verstappen is showing all the makings of a world champion, Kunal. We know that. And he is learning from the best. Lewis Hamilton. Because like Lewis, he has also started blaming his clutch for his start failures. (laughs) At some point, I think Nico Hulkenberg will also get up and say, I blame Max's clutch for me crashing out of the Singapore Grand Prix. (laughs) But thank God and thank Red Bull Racing for letting us enjoy the Kivat versus Verstappen battle. Now that was pretty awesome. I was almost wondering when they'd employ team orders and whether Kivat would actually shout back, No! <laughs> you know, this actually reminded me of the days when Sauber was the Ferrari B team and then Sauber drivers would end up uh, helping the Ferrari drivers, whatever, whatever. But I admire Danny Kivat's gut. So the last time he was demoted for attacking former Red Bull Racing prodigy Sebastian Vettel. And uh, it... Luckily, did not, or maybe it did cross his mind that if he took things too far with the current prodigy, Max Verstappen, what would happen to his racing career? <laughs> Psychologically speaking, it seems that Kivat got his closure from that entire episode with Max Verstappen. After the race, Kivat actually declared that I am back to feeling the passion or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Kudos, Danny Kivat. Uh, Force India, they are back in fourth place, one point ahead of Williams. But if I were Force India and when I was in Force India, I would actually be disappointed. They should have actually scored much more than the eighth place that uh, Sergio Perez got. Of course, that was on a single stopper. 
but they were beaten by a McLaren, and that is not where their current form lies. The Williams versus Force India battle is another one, Kunal, which I am sure will go down to the wire. And there's a few million dollars at stake here. Well, uh, by the way, Alonso Singapore Grand Prix humor came post-race. He said that after the opening lap, he dreamed of a podium finish. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think he was joking. (laughs) That is called stretching your imagination a little too far, Fernando. (laughs) Well, a good race for Kevin Magnussen. He scored a point for himself and for Renault. And he did so despite having a water bottle problem. A problem that I think I last had when I was in school. (laughs) (laughs) But I surely think that Renault owe him a drink and possibly a contract. Let's just hope that a decision on Magnuson's future is made soon. You know, it would be quite mean and ominous of us to remind him that his birthday is only two weeks away. (laughs) (laughs) And can you imagine if Sergio Perez is still haunted by... That McLaren episode he went through, what Kevin Magnuson is probably going through. Poor guy. And uh, yes, finally, since the new owners are willing to listen, here's the best advice that Formula One's current quadruple world champion gave in Singapore. He said, double the cylinders, simplify the electronics and add an air condition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, the air con was specific only to Singapore guys. So do not take him seriously there. But hey, I just remembered that Chase talked about a race in LA and New York and Miami. But what happened to Vegas? You remember, Ecclestone had promised us a race in Vegas. He had promised us a race in India as well. But Vegas seems more fun, I agree. (laughs) And uh, finally, as we near the end of this really long and hopefully funny episode, here's a quick reference to former Formula 1 stars. First, a huge round of applause... And congratulations to Alex Zanardi, former Formula 1 driver and now a Paralympian for, I think, his fourth Paralympic medal. That's awesome. It was a gold medal. That's absolutely awesome. And that's what true heroes are made about. But the second, of course, is there is some news out there about Michael Schumacher and we're not sure of its authenticity. So we'll just ignore it. But keep fighting, Michael. We really miss you. Thank you so much all for tuning in. This is finally the end of this pretty long but pretty interesting podcast, I'll say. Well, you get to take the checkered flag this time. (laughs) Thank you. So we're so thrilled that we have thousands of people listening to us every week. And if you like us, tell us. I know the people who don't like us are very happy to tell us that. (laughs) They tell us that every second day. So if you like us, we'd love to hear from you. (laughs) We're on Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter and I think everywhere else we could be. Just search for us as the Inside Line F1 podcast and we'll be there. Adios.